for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to the Blitz Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz. And I'm joined by Mr. Jaden Kozak in the studio that he's usually joining us from. Uh, how we doing, man? You hyped to uh, dive into our 26th ranked team today? I cannot for the life of me figure out why my hat is like leaning on one side. I don't I don't like it. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited, man. I, I love <laughs> I love this series that we do here. Um, Talking Colts were really really rolling through these now and I, I do think that the Colts are one of the most interesting teams that we're going to talk about yeah I think so too uh, you got the rookie QB in there you got uh players that used to be the best in football uh maybe not anymore um a lot of different stuff going on over okay switching the hat all right I, I got an I gotta get a nice commander's hat dude like I know that there's the ones with the W and and like gray and it's like a 47 hat like this one is you did best in that but yeah we're coming at you with a little bit of blitz pod i guess not quite after hours uh but later than we've doing uh we've been doing the other episodes but hype to dive into the 26th ranked team for the blitz pod and that is the as you're reading the title you already know uh the indianapolis colts uh so hype to dive into them as they embark on a new part of their franchise journey and hopefully win some games along the way so without further ado let's dive into the colts and we start off with the first round draft pick they selected and that is anthony richardson at the quarterback position for the indianapolis colts uh ar-15 as he was once formerly known but no longer because he wears the number five uh talking about that before the episode i'm pretty upset about that uh, i thought that nickname was really cool uh but you know marketing purposes i understand it uh but besides his nickname he was a really good football player at florida um had some problems uh, with accuracy at times uh, but it was clear all the physical traits were there um and you just needed to give him an opportunity and the colts took the jump uh they were quoted as saying if they were picking number one they would have selected anthony richardson one uh, I'm not sure how true that is. Uh, there was a lot of interest in Levis from them. There was a lot of interest in Bryce Young. Uh, they did their research, their due diligence on everybody, uh, but it's clear that they've fallen in love with Anthony Richardson for this year. He's going to bring a lot in the run game. Um, he's got to improve as a passer, but that'll come as he gets experience, and he's going to be thrown right into the starting job. Uh, so what's the outlook looking like for uh, Anthony Richardson? Yeah, Richardson was one of my favorite prospects in this class. I love his athletic ability. I love what he can do running the football. I love that he adds that floor uh, for this offense that really needed that. Uh, that floor really dropped out for them last year, especially without Jonathan Taylor for as long as they didn't have him. Uh, this is a guy who, as he got drafted into the league, was one of or was the most athletic quarterback we've ever seen uh, be in the NFL, just based off of 
size, speed, all that stuff, the RAS score. Uh, I don't if I feel like that's getting more mainstream now, but if you don't know, that is the relative athletic score um, at MathBomb. Does it on Twitter, and I think it's phenomenal. He's got it for every prospect, um, and it really does give you a look into how well that prospect or how athletic that prospect is based on their size, speed, and the rest of their position. Um, but Anthony Richardson was number one. He scored a perfect ten uh, on that. I really like what he's going to add here. I did have him as my number two quarterback um, in this class, despite what people on YouTube will say about me. Um, you know, our hundreds of thousands of comments that we got in saying that I'm stupid for having Richardson over Stroud. Uh, I hear all of you. I don't care. I'm just, <laughs> I don't. Um, I really do think that he's probably going to be better than Stroud. I, If I was the Colts, I know that you said that, we're unsure of how they would have, what they would have done if they had the number one pick. I would have had that same conversation. I would have been like, man, what about this kid though? Kind of very similar to like the Trayvon Walker conversation that was had last year amongst for the edge rushers uh, at the number one pick was like, but man, if this guy gets it all together, he's got it all. And right. that's really going to be the thing for Richardson. Uh, they've obviously are bringing in Shane Steichen to be the head coach of this team. And, he has worked with Justin Herbert. He's worked with Jalen Hurts and really was the big reason why Jalen Hurts took that next step this year from you know guy that we were talking about as maybe not having a starting job this year to now being what was an MVP candidate, was playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, and if he can really squeeze that development out of Anthony Richardson and help him with the mental processes of football, this guy is going to be really special. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the comp uh, that was floating around a ton uh, during draft time was Cam Newton. And um, yeah, I mean, you definitely see a lot of Cam Newton. Definitely not the same, like not as big as Cam Newton was. I mean, Cam Newton was like 240, I think, 260 maybe even. Uh, Anthony Richardson is not that, but who knows? Maybe he puts on some more. Uh, but, I mean, he's an elite athlete. There's no doubt about that. He's got a cannon for an arm. He's going to help this team a lot in the run game. I can see Anthony Richardson going for – I mean, he could go over, like – I mean, what's the rushing mark, you think? Like, I'm thinking, like, 600 yards pretty easily. I think – yeah, I think he clears six just because they're going to ask him to run the ball a lot because, quite frankly, he's not ready to be passing – on a consistent level, I think this is going to be one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL. And because of that, I think they're going to be one of the most dynamic and well-run rushing attacks. I mean, this is an offensive line with good players on it, you know, that didn't look the greatest last year, but we'll get to that in a little bit. And Jonathan Taylor, who we'll also get to in a little bit, who's, when he's healthy, one of the best rushers in the league. You add Anthony Richardson into that mix, it's it could be a big recipe for success for this run game. Yeah, for sure. It'll be fun to watch an indie, um, but... Yeah, you mentioned it. Let's dive into the playmakers for the Indianapolis Colts in 2023. And uh, let's run it down a little bit here. So uh, wide receiver one, uh, it's Michael Pittman's third year, maybe four. Four. He was a third. 2020 guy. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, but he has been the wide receiver one in Indy for uh, some time now. Uh, hasn't shown too much promise. Um, he's shown flashes. Like he's had games where it's like, okay, this can definitely be a wide receiver one in the league. But I feel like that conversation's starting to fade now a little bit. 
Um, he'll have a better chance now with uh, Anthony Richardson at the helm uh, because he's kind of just been the victim of the quarterback carousel that a lot of wide receivers fall victim to in the NFL. Uh, but he should have been a little bit more productive than he has been so far, especially with all the uh, the hype surrounding him. Uh, but as we go around the wide receiver room, uh, you got Alec Pierce, uh, last year's second-round pick out of Cincinnati. Uh, so you'd like to see that. He showed flashes in his rookie year, didn't really do too much. Um, but same goes for Alec Pierce. He's got an opportunity to prove it with a much better quarterback. Uh, and then they brought in Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo. Uh, he's expected to play in the slot for this team. Uh, he played a lot in the slot for Buffalo. And he was electric at times, uh, kind of fell off, uh, was untrusted uh, by Josh Allen towards the end of the year because of some drops uh, for sure and then they drafted Josh Downs out of North Carolina if my memory serves me correctly um, and the reports out of training camp aren't too strong for Josh Downs so far uh, but just a rookie you can't really buy into any of the BS coming out of training camp or the OTAs right now uh, so solid wide receiver core not too bad uh, but when it really gets good is as you mentioned Jonathan Taylor is still the running back for this team. Uh, just two years ago, he was clearly the best running back in football. And he was looking to be probably the best running back in the NFL for the foreseeable future. And then you go into last year and he's banged up. Uh, the offensive line does not play as well. Um, I mean, when Jay, uh, Jonathan Taylor was on the field last year, whether or not he was injured or not, we don't know. Like He was definitely banged up. But when he was on the field, he was not very effective, wasn't helped out by the line at all. Uh, but kind of like it was kind of scary to see that out of Jonathan Taylor this year. But we know what he can do. Uh, so we'll see as the season rolls on. Uh, and then they got their massive tight end duo uh, of Jelani Woods and Mo Ali Cox. Uh, I say massive because they're literally like giants among boys. Uh, so, yeah, not too bad of a group of playmakers. Um, we've got them ranked at 26th uh, spots up with their power rankings rank. Uh, but who are you most excited to talk about on this list? Maybe maybe a guy that people aren't thinking about. Uh, well, then you're, you're changing my plans here because I was going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Um, I know you were going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Well, excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, I mean – he is the most exciting guy in this group. He is the guy that I have the most optimism for this upcoming season. Kind of a bounce back year for him. I mean, looking at his stats, they weren't terrible. He had a few hundred yard rushing games. I think uh, one, two, three, four, five of his nine games he played last year were over 80 yards on the ground. Um, but the problem was he missed quite a few games. I believe he missed seven or eight games last year. So... You don't feel great about that as a running back going for a running back going into year three. Um, but when he's on the field, like you said, he is one of the best runners of the football we have in this game. Um, the rest of this group leaves a lot to be desired, however. That's why they are ranking towards the bottom here at 26. Um, Pittman is your de facto wide receiver one, um, but in an ideal world, he's your two. I don't think you're going to get a number one anywhere on this roster. You're probably going to, like, there's nobody waiting in the wings. Uh, Josh Downs is a fine player, third-round pick. I don't see it. I, I didn't see it with Josh Downs to be a wide receiver one type. Uh, again, Alec Pierce is your typical deep threat. Maybe not so typical because you you look at him. Why? 
and because why? there are some qualities about him that make you think he's that, a tall guy. He is he's tall, a tall guy, but he he just yeah. doesn't seem like a guy who's going to beat you on a post. If you if you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, he's lanky. If you know what I mean, yeah, it's because he's lanky. Um, yeah. So this this when you're when we're if we were to be breaking down wide receiver course here probably not towards the top of the NFL. You, you might even be looking at lower than 26. Uh, and then the tight ends are fine. Jelani Woods, Mo Cox are fine, two fine players. I wouldn't be surprised if Mo Cox takes this job. I would not be surprised if Jelani Woods holds on to it. Um, but they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel with both of those guys on the field, especially without a with a lack of real dynamic receivers. Um, they'll try and get both of those guys on the field. But I do think the Isaiah McKenzie signing was interesting. Um He's going to be the gadget guy for them for this offense. But overall, not a group that I'm overly excited about, but definitely will get a huge boost from Jonathan Taylor if he stays healthy all year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these wide receivers and these pass catchers in general, I mean, as you mentioned, like I'm not too excited about this tight end crew either. Uh, it's just when they get on the field, they're massive and it's crazy to see. Uh, but, you know, big targets in the red zone uh, if they want to take advantage of that. And they've got a lot of big targets like Michael Pittman's a big guy. Al Pierce is a big guy. Uh, so a lot of targets to throw to for Anthony Richardson. And the point of optimism here is all these guys are pretty young, like Isaiah McKenzie's a vet. Uh, but Michael Pittman still has a chance to like bloom and turn into something special. Uh, Alec Pierce is going into his second year. I mean, sophomore seasons for wide receivers are known to be the year that guys like take the next step. So maybe that's it for Alec Pierce this year. I don't know. Uh, and then you got Josh Downs, the rookie third round pick. So it's like high draft capital. You've got some young guys that are unproven and could prove themselves into roles. Uh, but besides that on paper, not really a lot of optimism for this group of playmakers for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so let's move on to the offensive line for the Colts this year. An offensive line that at one time was one of, if not the best group in the National Football League. Um, they've got Quentin Nelson, who was banged up last year. I He was banged up. Yeah, he was banged up last year. And uh, they got Ryan Kelly as well. Uh, so those are the two blue chip guys. Uh, but then you go Bernard Raymond, a tackle. Uh, he had high draft capital just last year. Um, didn't really pan out too much this year. Uh, so hoping for much better things from Raymond. Um, but besides that, not really too much to talk about. Uh, what are you looking forward to when it comes to this offensive line? Or what are some of your concerns? Yeah. I mean, you're sleeping on Braden Smith a little. I think I'm putting Braden Smith in that conversation with those two guys as well uh, of Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly. He's one of the better right tackles in the NFL. This was a weird group last year because like you said, I mean, if you, if we were doing offensive line rankings uh, this time last year, the Colts are probably at the very worst in the top eight. Uh, they lost Eric Fisher. They replaced him with Bernard Ryman, who was getting some first round buzz for a good amount of the draft process. He ends up falling to them in the third round. I thought that was a phenomenal pick was phenomenal process to get a guy when he falls like that. Um, took his lumps in year one for sure. This is a guy who's started playing football, I believe at 15 or 16 years old. So he's, it's, it's going to take time for him to get up to NFL speed just because he doesn't have enough football experience, quite frankly. Um, 
But when he gets there, I do think that he can be a franchise left tackle for this team. I really do. I think he's a going to be a very good pass protector. Uh, you obviously know what you're going to get from Quentin Nelson when he's healthy. He's one of the best guards in football. Will Fries is what he is. He's he's a starter. He's probably below average starter, but he's going to start for this team. I I really think that this group should be better than it is. It should have been better than it was last year. I was very taken back by how poorly they played last year. And it honestly was the unraveling of this team. You know, it was the unraveling of Jonathan Taylor because not only was he getting banged up because he was getting hit all the time, but when he was on the field, they weren't setting up the way that they were for him in previous years that were allowing them, him to have so much success. And they also killed Matt Ryan, by the way. Matt Ryan was running for his life on a week-to-week basis at 37 years old. Matt Ryan running for his life is not something that should ever really be happening if you want to win football games because that's not going to go very well for you, especially at this point in his career. And uh, yeah. pretty much retired, Matt Ryan. Um yeah, and the, literally the only reason they put uh, Ellinger in was because he was more mobile than yeah. Matt Ryan and could escape the death coming to him in the pocket. How will I know this? We're we're ducking off a little bit. How will we remember the Jeff Saturday experiment in five years? Like, I feel like we're just gonna get like those like Instagram memes where it's like, remember when Jeff Saturday got hired for seven weeks in twenty twenty two? To like be the head coach. Well, started hot. Didn't he start hot? I think he like, won the first, the first game, game and we were all because. And then he also, I know he won. Oh no, because he, I know he won his first game, and then I remember it was the Saturday game. I don't know if it was Christmas or New Year's Eve, but they were playing the Vikings, and we were all like, "Oh, Saturday is going to win on a Saturday," and then they blow the biggest lead in NFL history, which was, you know. Yeah. Pretty, I think that was probably the nail in the coffin for Saturday for sure. But that was just such a like, where the hell did that come from? Higher, and how many times do you think Peyton Manning yeah. told Ursay no before he went to Saturday? Like he probably asked Peyton Manning 150 yeah. times, and he was just like, "All right, fine, yeah, go get your center." I mean, I remember talking about it like in the moment, like when like he was hired. Uh, like how many different guys did Jim Ursay call yeah. before Jeff Saturday picked up the phone? Uh, but I think it'll be fun to look back on. I was a big Jeff Saturday fan as a player. Um, he's an analyst or was before he was hired as a head coach. Um, is he even with the staff anymore? I feel like he's not. He might be like a advisor type situation, but I feel yeah. – I, I highly doubt it. Yeah. I'll look back on it as a fun little time. Like you said, we'll get those memes where it's like – and Jeff Saturday, on a Saturday, blew the biggest NFL lead ever. So, yeah, that'll be a fun time in a couple yeah, he years. Will not, he will got not, some time for that. He will not return to Indianapolis next season, but he is already a member of the Ring of Honor. So he's etched into okay. Indianapolis history forever, but not as a coach. As he should be, serving as the center for Peyton Manning yeah. in his wonder years. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish he would have had more effect on this offensive line last year, though. You would have thought that Jeff Saturday would have come in and, like, if anything, he's going to help out the O-line. Something. And they just went, right, they went from being one of the best groups in the league to one of the worst. So, obviously, he wasn't that great of a head coach, but all respect to Jeff Saturday. All right, let's move on into the front seven and the overall defense for this Indianapolis Colts roster. 
And honestly, there's some names here, man. Like they got Quiddy Pay coming off the end. Uh, he was high draft capital. Uh, hasn't proved much quite yet, uh, but he's definitely like had some solid seasons put together. Um, and then you got DeForest Buckner uh, kind of stuffing up the middle there. He can help rush the passer as well. Um, I've always been a fan of DeForest Buckner for sure. Uh, and then you got Shaq Leonard coming back this year on the linebacker core. Uh, he was out last year with an injury. Uh, and Shaq Leonard is one of, if not, he's one of the best linebackers in the league uh, when he's healthy. So, got to love that. I was going to say best linebacker in the league, uh, but I think Fred Warner has not beat pretty consistently there. Uh, but, yeah, Shaq Leonard is definitely one of the best in the game. Uh, so, you got some big names on this front seven. Who are you most excited about? Uh, I've always been a big DeForest Buckner fan. Uh, I just love what he brings <laughs> to the game. Um, and him and Shaq Leonard are the main reason why this isn't a towards-the-bottom uh, group on defense and we'll get to their secondary in a minute. Uh, but Shaq Leonard being back does mean a lot for this team. You know, he might not be the best linebacker in the league, but he means so much to this defense and allows them to do so much without him being able to fly around and tackle literally everyone. Um, it, it really hinders their ability to be a productive defense. Um, the system that they run needs a guy like Shaq Leonard, and when he's not on the field, it really makes it difficult for them to get stops consistently. Um, Quiddy Pay, first-round pick out of Michigan from two years ago now. We have him as our breakout candidate here. He did finish with six sacks last year, so we're hoping for big things from him. Uh, you may be noticing a theme here with the Colts, and this is something that I've always thought was kind of funny about the way that they construct their team is – all of their best players are at the least valuable positions in football. Like, if you break it down, so Jonathan Taylor at running back. We all know the story about that. Linebacker is currently the least valuable position on defense. Now, defensive tackle is starting to make a comeback as one of a one of the valuable positions in football, but DeForest Buckner plays there. Guard, Quentin Nelson, and then Kenny Moore, is well, who we'll get to in a second, is the best player in their secondary, and he's playing in the slot. I just I, I think that's a weird way that they've constructed their team, but it matters when you've got t good players like this, but places like edge and places like perimeter corner and wide receiver that have been neglected, it, it's it's coming back to bite them here. And if they had a guy, if like they had a DeForest Buckner level player playing on the edge versus playing inside, they're probably the best the best front seven that we've seen to this point. They'd probably go over Tampa Bay and Tennessee, but. Unfortunately, it's just a lot of their best players are in places that aren't going to be as impactful. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, this is, you could say the same thing for the Colts defense that you could say for the offensive line, maybe not as strongly, but this was one of the best defenses in football for a little bit, man. And now, like, that is not the case anymore. Um, but Shaq Leonard coming back, like you said, is a huge deal, not only just because of his talent, but his leadership. Uh, I saw that a lot in the Hard Knocks. Uh, everybody who's been listening to this for a minute knows that I'm a big Hard Knocks guy. Uh, but Shaq Leonard will also generate turnovers, too. As you were uh, going over Shaq Leonard, I was thinking about him punching out the ball. And um, that's basically become his signature. He's the new peanut. Uh, so, uh, much larger and stronger and will hit you much harder. Peanut, 
but yeah, excited about this unit and looking forward to Shaq Leonard being back in the league, honestly. It'll be fun. All right, let's dive into the secondary, the rest of the defense for the Indianapolis Colts. And we are severely low on the secondary. They are ranked 27th, according to the Blitzpod consensus. And really the only guy that I'm going to highlight, you can go on as long as you want, but the only guy I'm going to mention is Kenny Moore. Uh, Made a Pro Bowl last year, but Kenny Moore, like, he's really, he's good. He's like, as you mentioned, he's a slot corner, so it's not like he's a shutdown guy. Like, you could put him on the number one wide receiver and just kind of call it a day. He's not that guy. He's decent, but he was a borderline pro bowler at best. So, this secondary is really rough. Is there anything to look forward to? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is Kenny Moore as of right now as far as what there is to look forward to uh, among this group. We just got the news today. We're recording this on the 29th of June. So this was the day that Isaiah Rogers was announced as suspended for the season and then eventually cut by the Indianapolis Colts. We had him in this graphic. If we would have recorded this episode yesterday, we would have still been talking about Isaiah Rogers. But unfortunately for the Colts, we're not. And I really do think that that is something that they didn't expect to happen, obviously. They go and trade Stephon Gilmore for virtually nothing. Fifth-round pick to Dallas. And they're like, okay, well, we've got Isaiah Rodgers. We can draft the guy, and then we'll kind of go from there. Now you lose your other starting corner. So now you've got, if you see here, there's three guys with different colored font, that little silver-bluish action going on there. Three rookies uh, out of their four top four perimeter corners. Three of them are rookies. So... It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out, but that's usually not a recipe for success. Um, you have Kenny Moore in the slot, which is great, but you're, you don't really have anybody that can cover consistently out on the perimeter. If we would have had this news before these graphics got put together and I was able to get with everybody, we'd probably have this group lower than 27. I'm probably putting them below Chicago and our 29th ranked team. Maybe not our 30th, or maybe not the Cardinals at 30, but... Um, Still, going to be a big problem unit. I think yeah, this is I'm definitely taking the Bears. Yeah, as am I. Because and while we're talking about youth as a bad thing here, it is because you know a second round pick in Julius Brents is great, but um, Jalen Jones, Darius Rush, those guys were late round picks. Were not there wasn't good capital invested in those guys. So at least with Chicago, and I know this isn't a Chicago thing, but at least with Chicago, was young guys. You know, second, third first round like high value draft picks invested in those guys and we just I don't feel the optimism here the safety duo is an average pair here um but this is your this is your problem spot on this team in my opinion uh if if you want to call quarterback not necessarily a problem spot but maybe a question spot for sure but there's so much that needs to be answered here in the secondary and it's just because the Isaiah Rogers suspension really caught them by surprise and now they're going to be without two start both of their starting corners from last year yeah for sure I mean it's a rough scene in Indy right now um I when I was looking at the roster and looking at their corners I don't think they have more than one corner over the age of 24 uh so that's a problem and, yeah, not looking too great on the secondary for Indy. Uh, Got to rely on DeForest Buckner, Shaq Leonard, Quinny Bay to get to the quarterback and do their thing because the secondary will not be able to do anything for them. So, all right, 
With that, let's move on from the defense and let's dive into the coaching for Indy. And they've got a new coaching situation this year. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit before. Uh, they started last year with Frank Reich, uh, decided to move on from him. And you expected somebody to just, you know, be promoted to an interim role. And they will roll out the rest of the season and it won't be great. And But that's just how the league works. That's how the business goes. Uh, but Jim Irsay is not a normal businessman, and he decided to call his buddy up, Jeff Saturday, to come in and coach last year. Uh, but that experiment failed terribly, as we covered in depth. Uh, so they decided to go back to the well, go back to the coaching carousel, and they ended up with Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles this past season. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be... Interesting to see what he does um, as the new head coach over there. Um, I mean, he spent time in L.A., spent time in Philly, as mentioned on the graphics. So, like, you had a Frank Reich quarterback was for before, and you kind of just are bringing in a younger version of that, maybe. I mean, what are your thoughts on Shane Steichen and the rest of the coaches? I, I like Steichen generally as a hire. Um, I think that this is good process. Go get a guy who – developed a similar type of quarterback obviously Jalen Hurts doesn't have all the athletic tools that Anthony Richardson does but had some of this some similar problems coming out of college and Steichen was able to kind of iron those out uh, in Philly and move Jalen Hurts from a guy that we were unsure about to now being an MVP candidate in the Super Bowl and if he can do that same magic here with Anthony Richardson like I said when we were covering the quarterback dude sky's the limit with this guy it really is so and that is, I mean, that is nearly invaluable. I mean, you can't bring in a coach and be like, oh, this is definitely going to fix the quarterback situation. But recent history suggests that Steichen's going to be one of the best guys to give you that chance. Um, Jim Bob Cooter can say that name all day. It's hilarious. Um, glad to see him. Glad to see him <laughs> getting his shot again. Um, spent some time as the OC in Detroit fell back down the ladder after that was a disaster with Stafford um, worked his way up was with Jacksonville last year under Doug Peterson and now gets another offensive coordinator job here under Steichen I think Steichen's going to be calling a lot of the plays still but this is I think that's a very good hire um, and then they're going to keep Gus Bradley as well is going to run the most one of the most cover some of the most cover three in the entire NFL um, kind of going to blanket these corners or cover up for these corners a little bit but he's really going to have to work his magic um to fix this problem that they have created for themselves in the secondary i don't think we've not to cut you off yeah. i don't think we've cut so deep into no. a unit like we have this cult secondary and they're like we have them at 27th i know we said we'd have them lower but like we're just like that's the whole point of conversation this entire episode is just we're talking about their secondary uh, I don't know I think we've got some we've got some good time on the quarterback and playmakers too uh, but sometimes you just need to talk how bad it is and it is really bad in Indy uh, but the last things I'll say about uh, the coaching staff over in Indy this year uh, as you said Jim Bob Cooter love to see him get another shot uh, and it's not just because of his name. It might be 95% because of his name, but it's not just because of his name. Uh, but Steichen will be calling the plays, uh, so Jim Bob Cooter won't have too much pressure on him this year. And uh, Steichen, I mean, like you said, he was a wizard with Jalen Hurts last year. I mean, the Jalen Hurts from two years ago and the Jalen Hurts last year are, like, 
on completely different ends of the spectrum. You know, like as like bottom five quarterback to top five quarterback in the NFL. And it was because of the design runs he was putting together and the QB sneaks and the tush push and like innovative stuff like that. You know, the tush push, and that's what they're calling it, dude. QB sneak. It's called the tush push now. You better get I hear hit. you, man. I've got, I've okay. got no arguments for you. Okay. All right. All right. I saw a little look there, but yeah, it'll be a good, uh, good new situation over in Indy this year with the new coaching staff. But let's move on from that and let's start to wrap it up here for Indianapolis as we dive into their schedule. And according to strength of schedule, they have 29th, uh, which is definitely a good spot for AR uh, to come in and play ease of competition for sure. Uh, as far as the Vegas over-under, we have it at, well, we don't have it. Vegas has it at six and a half wins this year. Uh, so lower than some of the teams uh, that we've already listed off. Um, so I'm probably going to go under for the Colts. And I think I feel good about it. I think I feel good about it. Yeah. 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 How about you? Six and a half makes this one weird. If it was seven and a half, I'd feel very confident going under. But six and a half, again, is weird. This is our fourth right. of the last five teams that have been in the Southern divisions. Uh, we had Texans, then we didn't have a Southern division team, then Titans, Bucks, and then now we have the Colts. So we're going to do the same because they play each other this year and they're the two worst divisions in football. So we're going to have the same. Well, they have a pretty easy schedule, as you can see here, by the 29th ranked strength of schedule. Um, they're going to have it pretty easy. The only problem is... Can you guarantee health? I mean, you look at the best players on this team. Jonathan Taylor had injury problems last year. Quentin Nelson, injury problems. Shaq Leonard, injury problems. I feel like DeForest Buckner also missed a game uh, here or there as well last year. So it's really all going to rely on health as well as the development of Anthony Richardson. Um, Anthony Richardson is a guy that I believe in long term. I don't know how much I believe in him in the short term to get this team to seven wins, but... You know, I feel like we've been kind of high on a lot of these other teams in the Southern, like we talked about the Titans. Somebody's got to be losing these games, man. And unfortunately, I feel like it might be yeah. Indy. Now, if we can, if I can be guaranteed a full bill of health for Jonathan Taylor, and obviously Anthony Richardson as well, I do think they could go over. I think that rushing attack, like I said, provides a fantastic floor for you. And if you've got that on a week-to-week basis, you're always going to have a shot, especially with a defense that, at the very worst, is never going to kill you on a week-to-week basis. Right. As I'm looking up and down the schedule here, I think the only games that they're, like, absolutely going to lose are the Ravens and the Bengals, probably. So it's like, there's a lot of range of outcomes going on there. So, I... I'm going to stick at under six and a half wins because it is a rookie quarterback. And it's no secret that Anthony Richardson was probably the biggest project out of all the quarterbacks available this year. So like with a project, it's probably not going to go the greatest in year one, but that's okay. You know, that's what you signed up for. And you brought in Steichen to help develop him as he goes into the future. But looking at year one, uh, you got a year one head coach, year one quarterback, young wideouts, so, like, it's 
you're beginning the rebuild, and it's looking good. The future looks good. They've got the right pieces, but, I mean, it's probably not going to happen in year one for Indy. So I'm going to go under on six and a half. But I think it could, I would not be surprised at all if they go the over. So, all right, let's wrap it up for the Indianapolis Colts uh, with the ranking slide. So offense across the board for Indy this year, uh, the Blitz pod has them at 29th, uh, so not the greatest. Uh, The defense looks a little better, but as we talked about, still a lot of question marks there. Uh, 26th rank, uh, according to the Blitz pod consensus. And the championship window has been determined to be not yet two to three years away, uh, which is more optimistic than a lot of the other windows that we've seen. And I just talked about that uh, in the last slide. So you want to elaborate yeah, on I'm that? trying to get a little bit more creative with the words that I put in front of however far they are away or whatever, instead of just doing closed. Because with the Colts, it truly doesn't feel like they were in one. It feels like now, I, I wouldn't say they expedited the process of going back around the circle, but they're they're on the side of like, okay, we're entering it. They're not close to it yet, so not yet, but right. it's not like Tampa Bay where they're leaving it, and now it's closed. Like I feel like we're we're going in the right direction now for Indy. Um, as we are recording this, I actually get a notification saying that the Colts are aggressively pursuing extensions for both Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, so obviously helps your long-term championship window as well. Um, yeah, I think our rankings for these both are kind of pessimistic approaches. I'm not saying that I would change them because I think this is about accurate, but this is kind of the floor, in my opinion. Um, I think that if Richardson is a little shaky out of the gate, I think if Taylor, ha- I don't know why I'm portraying Jonathan Taylor to be like Jarek McKinnon, unable to stay on the field, um, <laughs> but. I, I do think if Taylor stays on the field all year and is the guy that we saw in 2020 and 2021, I think they clear. I, I think they clear you, man. 29. Like, he looked really yeah. bad last year. Like, he was and banged it, up all last year. And when I know you mentioned he went over 80 yards on the ground, but, like, it wasn't Jonathan Taylor. I, I would, the thing that worries me the most is that it wasn't, like, one torn ACL. He missed, I think he missed time with a knee, that he came back for three weeks, then it was an ankle, and then it was, like, the knee again. And it was just, like... Miss two weeks, then miss three weeks, then miss another two weeks, then you miss the final couple weeks, and it's just like, I I much not that I want him to be injured at all, but I'm saying, as far as feeling better about it, I'd much want it to be just like one big injury, but it's just like all these little ticky tack things yeah. that scare me. Um, and I know that they didn't have a whole lot to play for last year, and losing games obviously got them to this point. If they um would have won that game against Houston, this would be a very different powerings because not only would Houston have had the number one pick, but the Colts, I think, will be picking at, like, seven. You know, maybe the Raiders take a quarterback, or who knows what happens. We're not here to talk about that. But um, this offense at 29, I think, is pretty accurate. And then the defense at 26, like we were talking about, let's let's jump back <clears throat> into the secondary again. It's going to get gashed. That Those two pair of corners, unless Julius Brents is – much better than we anticipate him being in year one. You probably have the worst pair of starting corners in the NFL right out of the gate, uh, maybe other than the Rams. But you're really going to need a lot to go right, especially with that front seven. You're going to need a quitty pay breakout. You're going to need a Julius Brents um, breakout in his rookie season to fully unlock this group and to get them past 26. And I just don't see all of those pieces fitting in immediately. Right. 
but keyword there immediately like we're optimistic about this team uh they have started the rebuild like it's not a rebuild like you said like they were starting to become one of the better teams in the league after they hadn't been ever since Peyton Manning left to be honest and um like they were starting to turn back into one of the better teams kind of rewinded it like you said I mean it's everything that you said more so we're optimistic about this team it's a good start to the future but might take a little longer than expected. So, but we shall see this year. All right. That does it for the 26th ranked Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we got 25 coming up. Uh, it's been real. We got, let me do the quick math here. Six teams down. It did. I just have it up. No, Seven. dude. Seven. How? 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. 31, 32. Yeah. All right. Just did the math live for you. But we have seven episodes down, uh, many more to come. Uh, It's been a good time putting them together, and we can't wait to grind through the rest. So we will catch you on the 25th ranked episode, and we'll see you soon. Peace.